Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. You're so weird. Oh, yeah, guys, do you want me to keep going every, um... Yeah, Payton's going to just take over the short chapters, right? Okay, I think that's a great (laughs) idea. I think you should do some more. I do, if you want to. Usually Payton likes to zone out, though. But the thing is, she'll listen to it after and follow along. So, Payton, how many times do you actually listen to each episode? Once. Sometimes once, sometimes a lot in the car. Just depends. We were listening to it in the car yesterday. And sometimes on the way to school. Peyton also really likes, um, what's the podcast that you like? The kid podcast? Circle Round. Yeah, Circle Round. She loves, it's called Circle Round. It's kind of a little bit geared more toward little kids, but the lady's really good at telling stories. If you guys like to listen to stories, you'll love Circle Round, right? Yeah. Okay. And we're going to, you know what we should start doing? We should start looking for other ones to like refer people to so people can listen to more. Right? Sure. Okay. You have to stop this. Secret series by... Sudonis Bob. Book number... Five. Chapter... Four. Oh, that's okay. Chap- chapter 25. Yep, chapter 25. And book five. A, yep, a bird, a scorpion, and a baby. And that is one ugly baby. Jeez. Yikes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that baby. I'm scared. I'm scared. Okay. Page 222. Cass awoke in darkness, curled up in a ball, aching all over. She fought the urge to panic. Where was she? Had she been kidnapped in in an accident? Reflectively. Oh, gosh, they're in the box still. Reflectively. Remember? She felt her wrist to see if she'd been tied up or had any injuries. No, she was fine. She she sat up and hit her head. Oh, the crate. She was still in the crate. She could hear Max Ernest and Yo Yoji snoring. Otherwise, it was strangely quiet. The low hum that she heard for hours and hours was gone. The crate was no longer moving. Wherever they were, they were sitting still. I wouldn't do that. Dude, no. She clicked on her phone. She was just able to see the time before the battery gave out. 6.30 a.m. In the morning, they'd slept all night. There was no way to to know how far they traveled. For all they knew, they could have journeyed halfway around the world. On the other hand... They could be less than a mile from the Natural History Museum. Afraid to make any noise, she felt around, and Max Ernest and Yo-Yoji woke up by shaking a leg and an arm, respectively. Huh? Where are... Shh, she has. Don't say anything. They were groggy and sore, but there's no need to debate the next steps. They all wanted to get out as soon as they could. Oh, my God, they probably had to pee so bad. I pee like... Two times in the middle of the night, I could I pee once a night, but I don't act, but I didn't pee. I don't pee, like, I pee, like, once in a month. Dude, honestly, I would not make it. I'd be like, all right, I have to go pee. I got to give up, give ourselves up. Let's go to jail. My bladder would make us go to kid jail. Because I'd be like, I have to pee. I would. I'm not kidding. I pee once a month, stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I pee, like, way too much, I think. Okay. I do drink a lot of coffee, though. 
The operation was a little more difficult than they'd anticipated. The crate was not meant to carry the human passengers, only dead feline ones. Therefore, the door was not designed to be opened from the inside. The door, sorry if you didn't understand that. The door was not designed to be opened from the inside. Cass, using Cass's flashlight, a screwdriver, and a toothpick, they had to pick the lock from the back, which is often easier than picking lock from the front, but it does take some getting used to. It's like reading upside down or trying to get somebody else's, trying to tie somebody else's shoe. I assume you've had plenty of those experience, plenty of experience picking locks the usual way. Right, Peyton? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I picked one time um, mm-hmm. McKenna's diary because she needed help opening it. Oh, she cool. She didn't have the key to it. Amazing. I assume you have plenty of experience picking locks the usual way, but for the record, I don't condone reading your best friend's sister's diary, <laughs> only your own sister's diary. That's funny that you helped, well, at least you were helping McKenna pick her diary open. Eventually, however, springs and levers gave way and the doors swung open and the crate was flooded with light, temporarily blind. Our friends held their breath, hoping there were no unfriendly forces outside, whether the museum workers or the Midnight Sun members. But nobody attacked them. Nobody yelled at them or expressed shock at seeing them. There were no sounds, no movements of any kind. Where the heck are we? asked Yoyoji when his eyes started to adjust. They peered at the door in astonishment. The crate was sitting inside what appeared to be store ruins of an ancient Egyptian temple. On either side of the walls was covered entirely with hieroglyphs so well preserved that they still showed colors of their origin paint original paint gods and pharaohs slaves and children plants and animals the whole panology of egyptian life was depicted directly in front of where the directly in front of where the crate sat was a row of thick decorative columns that ended up in the capital design to look for the lotus flowers beyond the temple the desert stretched out in every direction a sea of soft rippling sand dunes a perfect yellow sun hovered above the sky and was the same brilliant blue as the lapis lazuli on the ring of thoth wispy white clouds slowly floated by almost disappearing as a bird burst through them and flew off towards the horizon cast blinked the scene reminded her so much of her dream that she wasn't quite sure she was awake wasn't quite sure she was awake are we where I think we are? asked Yoyoji. Well, we've been in the bottom of this crate long enough, said Cass. I mean, how long does it take to fly to Egypt? I don't know. There's something weird, very weird about this, said Max Ernest. It seems like a pretty big temple for a little cat mummy. You'd think that they would just put him in the museum somewhere, even in Egypt. Maybe this is a tour site, and there's like one of those little museum connection connected to the ruins, and they're just storing her crate until they unload it, suggested Yoyoji. Maybe, said Max Ernest. Something about this doesn't make sense, though. Come on, let's get out of here before somebody sees us, said Cass. Staring at their new surroundings, three stowaways stepped outside of the crate onto the floor of the temple and stretched their wobbly legs. Before going any further, Yoyoji reached back into the crate and carefully removed his sunglasses off of the face of the mummy. Bye, little guy. It's been real. He closed the door with more force than he meant to, and bang! the bang echoed in the temple. They froze for a moment, waiting for the sound of Egyptian soldiers, but nobody came running. They still appeared to be alone. Max Ernest looked out the vast desert vista. 
Sneaking through the sand, sh- snaking through the sand was a twisting line of green, and peeking through the vegetation was a sparkling river. Is that the Nile? He asked. Let's go see, said Yoyoji. Uh, heading down the t- temple steps, maybe we can catch a boat out of here. If we're where I think we are, it's going to take us a seriously long to get home by boat, said Max Ernest. First, we'd have to travel up the Nile, then across the Mediterranean. You have a better idea, asked Yoyoji. <sighs> Cass, overwhelmed by a sense of deja vu, stopped halfway down the temple steps. Isn't this the same bird that we saw a moment ago, she asked, scratching her head. What do you mean? How can you tell from here, asked Max Ernest. I can't. Never mind. Cass's sense of dreamlike unreality intensified as they stepped onto the sand. Each grain glittered like a a tiny pebble of gold. She grabbed a fistful and let it fall from her hands like an hourglass. It was in her dream. Watch out, Yoyoji cried. A large scorpion was scurrying across the sand towards them. They jumped back onto the temple steps but veered away before reaching them. Oh, but it veered away before reaching them. Whoa, that thing is huge. It's like a dog, Yoyoji said, watching it go. It's so shiny, it almost looks like it's made of metal. Tentatively, they stepped back onto the sand. The river had looked to be at least a quarter of a mile away, but it was much closer than they than that, perhaps thirty feet indeed, as they walked towards it. They brought their they brought their eyes they thought their eyes were playing tricks on them. Palm trees in the distance had appeared to be 20 feet high and now seemed hardly taller than they were. When they were only a few feet from the river, it looked they looked down into the rushes. No boats, said Max Ernest. Time to make a new plan. What's that? asked Cass, cocking her head to one side. Wah! The crying, yep, the crying came from the river. Is that a baby? asked Max Ernest, who, who knew that sound too well, because he has a baby brother. Get it? Indeed, it was a baby, swaddled, swaddled in linen and lying down in a, base, in a basket. It looked as if it had floated up on the river and become lodged in the papyrus plants along the shore. Crying at the top of his, its lungs, the baby waved its arms and legs in the air. Cass eyed the baby with concern. Did somebody just leave a baby there? Is anybody remembering a story about the baby in the Nile, asked Yoyoji. The others looked blank. Um... The baby Moses sent down the river to be saved by, by, from being killed by the pharaoh, pharaoh's soldiers, raised by, Egypt, by an Egyptian princess, gets to the Ten Commandments. Neither of you smarties ever read the Bible? Sure, I've heard of it, said Cass defensively. Okay, so what are you saying? We got transported back to biblical times, and it's, that's him right there, asked Max Ernest. I'm not saying anything. This whole thing is crazy. I don't care who it is. I can't, we can't just leave him like that, said Cass, stricken. We have to do something. She started running towards the river. Max Ernest shook his head. Hold on. Something's not, it's not real. What do you mean, said Cass slowly. Babies don't move like that. Trust me. I've spent the last year watching every move a baby makes, and that little baby doesn't even have much of a motor, doesn't have that much motor coordination. And even if it did, the movements wouldn't appear over and over again. There would be like a little bit of a variety and then he would get tired. How about that? I mean, babies are human beings, sort of. (laughs) No, not sort of. They 100% are human beings, huh? (laughs) You're going to say it's a fake baby? Or you're saying it's a fake baby, said Cass, like a mechanical doll? Just like this plant, said Yoyoji. They reached at the river. 
He waved his papyr- the papyrus plant around. It was plastic. In the sky, said Max Ernest, pointing around to the clouds and that hit a loudspeaker. The sky was a painted black backdrop. Everything around them was fake, or as if they were walking onto a giant stage set. Duh, they probably got transferred to the museum. Duh. Remember the new one? Only the water was real, and it looked more close. They looked more closely at the river. They could see the bottom was not sand, but stucco. So where are we then? asked Cass. Just where they, where we thought we were, just when we thought we were getting. Max said Max Ernest. He nodded at the back of the temple. From this angle, they could see inside. They could see that one side was missing. It was a virtual stage. Above the temple, neon letters blinked, wrapped, real mummies. Okay, so they obviously got transferred to the other museum, I think. Do you remember where the other museum was? Vegas. Remember it was going to Vegas? Clearly this... Probably Vegas if they were in the crate and it was shipped the whole time. Clearly, this was a new home of the mummy exhibit. In the middle of the sky was a sign. Casino. Yep. Las Vegas? Sick! Yo-Yoji nodded. Tired and hungry... They trudged through the sand towards the casino door like refugees wandering the desert. Given their exhausted state, it's no wonder that they didn't notice the rustling in the artificial grass had uh, in the artificial grass had their invisible stalker decided to pounce. He would have had the advantage of surprise. He decided to let himself pass. Here it would be too easy, he thought. This was Vegas. He wanted to gamble. Okay, I bet you it's the jester. It's the jester making sure that they're okay. Don't you think? I don't know either, honestly. I'm just like, okay, let's think of it some of it being somebody nice. Owen. Oh, he's invisible, so it has to be somebody from the past. Right. And I'm sorry, if it was the bad guy, he would have just grabbed him right away because he doesn't care. He wants his, his ring. You know? He has a name. His name is Pharaoh. Lord Pharaoh. Okay, ready for the next E? Okay.